Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Beyonce sits late. Shantae, you stay. You say that's fishy. Well, I say he's dishy. We say that's fierce. So sing all my queers. Don't go nowhere. Just prick up your ears. The word of the gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regard to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT plus community, and in pop culture at large. That's your host Lenny, and I'm her camp co-host Brendy. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to follow the show at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and send us through any word suggestions. Any at all. Any at all. Any we've, at all. We've got a long list, but anything you had in mind that we may have missed. And we are so excited because we have been nominated for an Australian Podcasting Award in the Inclusion and Diversity category. It's very exciting. It is so exciting. Yeah. And look, a big shout out to our sister shows for their nominations, Share and Retweet and The Gays Are Revolting. Mm-hmm. I look forward to hearing them congratulate us <laughs> on their show. <laughs> no, it's so wonderful though. Yeah, Three really... media shows yep. all going up to Sydney for a party. Woo-hoo. And a big shout out to our wonderful producer, Dan Gregg. Yes. Just speaks volumes of the fabulous shows that he produces. It truly does. Oh, He's going to cut that we out, I love you, he? Dan. You can't cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're so excited because today is our very first Word of the Gay Spelling Bee. <laughs> the Empty Audience Pavilion is just going wild <laughs> for this competition. This is a very special episode. We're going to do a series of drag vocab Drag episodes. vocab. Because there's lots and lots and lots of words, some with a longer history than others. So yes. it's good to kind of cover all bases. Um, And a lot of these words that we use, the drag vocab, come from queer African-American and Latin communities, particularly from like the ball scene back in the day in Harlem. And a lot of them have been popularized by RuPaul's Drag Race, but they have a longer history than some of us may be aware Mm -hmm. of. So Mm -hmm. the first word we have today is hunty. Can you please spell that for me, Brendy? (laughs) H-U-N-T-E-Y. Hunty. Oh, sorry, Brendy, that's actually incorrect. It's H-U-N-T-Y. So close, though. The fuck did I Google? Can you use it in a sentence? I can, yes. Me, when my mentor finally decides to call me and discuss the research paper. Sorry, hunty, we close at six. Very specific sentence, possibly to your life? Yes, I've been studying a lot. Okay. So, hunty is actually an elegant blend of the words honey and cunt, used to refer to a friend or acquaintance with a little extra flair or sass or oomph. That's right, it's mostly used as a term of endearment. Yeah, it's similar to when girls throw around the word bitch, but without any animosity, like using the word mate. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
Because I think Hunty is being more of a sort of a blunt bitch, but with a smile. Yes, and usually to like your friends. Someone described it as throwing shade, but with kisses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or I think it's like I'm blatantly being a bitch, but it comes from from a a place place of love. love. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as many of us would know, cunt is a derogatory word for either a woman's genitals or just a woman. It actually originated as an anatomical word, though, which is interesting because I didn't realize that. Like, it was purely to describe anatomy. And I don't know if this is true. I don't know if someone's, like, kind of trolling here. But apparently Shakespeare alluded to the word in The Twelfth Night. When a male character comes across a woman and refers to her as sees her use and her tease. Oh. So as in C-U-N-T. Yeah. Very clever. Oh, Shakespeare, you master of the craft. (laughs) I thought it was a much more modern word, so I was excited to find that out. And also, um, in the 18th century, even though it was quite a taboo word or becoming one, there were a lot of people that were named cunt. So it was like Fanny Cunt, James Cunt, Cunt Pepper. Cunt Pepper. Cunt Pepper. (laughs) As in like for your food. Can you pass the Cunt Pepper? (laughs) No, that was someone's name. I'd like some more Cunt Pepper on my (laughs) spaghetti things. (laughs) And then there was like a reclamation movement in the 70s. Always is. Always is, yep. Along with feminism. It was called the cunt art movement. And it was trying to um, just relocate the word back to its origins. Yep. So Jermaine Greer was part of that. She's quite a well-known feminist feminist of the time, second wave feminist. Yeah, and she put forward an argument to reclaiming it for its original context as well. I think it's like starting to happen again now, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't think it's gay men's word or anyone else's word to reclaim besides women. Oh, absolutely not. So there's a few different perspectives on why we should reclaim. Some I disagree with and some I agree with. So the first one is that censorship of both the word cunt and the organ to which it refers is symptomatic of a general fear and disgust for the vagina itself. I don't agree with that. No. I think that people that do use the word are usually men and the people that don't are women. Women, especially ones that have had to kind of endure that word, find it quite offensive. It's actually considered by a lot of people as like the most disgusting, confronting word in the English language. Biggest swear word. Yeah, like biggest swear word. And that was definitely like conditioned in me. My mum hates the word. Growing up, it was just the C word. Don't say that. Oh my God. Yeah. There's other kind of point of view that, you know, every woman has the right to reclaim the word for herself or their self if you're part of that particular group. And I totally get that. Like, I'm probably not going to reclaim it. But, you know, if someone has a cunt, which is actually really hard to say, I don't like saying that, they want to reclaim it, I can live with that. And reclaim it in the sense that they're using it in the anatomical sense and not as an insult. Yeah. That's okay. And I I understand. Well, it's interesting because I always think, I I look at it and I think with swear words within society, society is obviously very conditioned to a degree. Australians love to swear. We do love to swear, but then it's also growing up, we were told you can't say that word or you can't say that and whatever else and blah, blah, blah. But as we get descriptive referring to certain people, if we want to use an insult, we use words that are body parts like dick and asshole. And yet we're also just insulting our own body parts. Yeah, it, it is It is strange. I think that with cunt, though, it is different. You don't hear it as often. Well, I don't. And then when you do, it's like this really angry, kind of aggressive word. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, with dick, I could understand if someone was, you know, like, offended by that. But with dick, it's more like that person's a dickhead, like they're an idiot. But vaginas aren't as, like, seen or spoken about. They're a bit more hidden. And then there's, like, mm. this layer of, like, misogyny in there. But it's like, maybe when, yeah, if you heard it more, you'd be... 
I remember. It being, wouldn't be a shock, but when I hear it, I'm shocked. I remember being called a cunt for the first time when I was holidaying in Canada because I had an argument with a friend. I was winning the argument until he turned around and was just, just like, you know that. what? You're just a fucking cunt. And I was like, <gasps> oh. yes, he knew he wasn't winning the argument. Literally, yeah. And he oh. just, oh my God. And it wasn't saying, you're just a massive vagina. It yeah. was. Well, even that though, like that's the difference between dickhead or asshole is, well, we all have assholes, so that's fine. But cunt is like, you're a woman or you're weak or you're, it's it's like, yeah, it's it's not equating it with. Now, I sort of look at it like that person is possibly the worst possible. But that's the thing. Human. Which is awful yeah, because, it's because it's relating it's, it's a to a vagina. Body part. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas pussy is they're weak. They're weak. Which is also really bad. The women's again, words yeah. are worse. Like everyone gets called an idiot. So if you're a dickhead, whatever. Like it's not offensive to men to be like, oh, we're not like equating a dick with being stupid. It's just somehow those two I think have linked. Whereas like pussy and cunt are more deliberate. Like you're pussy, you're like a woman and you're weak. And then cunt is different. So bringing it back to combining honey and cunt <laughs> to hunty, it is a way of gays being able to use the word cunt in disguise yes. almost and getting away with it. Yeah. Mm. Have mean, you got hunty friends? No, not really. Oh, really? Do you? <laughs> oh, God. I bet you've got some stories. Look, one of my friends, my wonderful friend Daniel, the other week we went to Hot Dub Wine Machine and I rang him. What the- Oh, it's this wine festival dance party Is in the Yarra Glen. No, oh, okay. no, no, it's the actual DJ. Anyway, day before, we were organising where we were going to be meeting at the exhibition centre or exhibition building mm-hmm. in Carlton Gardens. Yeah. I don't know my north, south, west, east. I just don't. Okay. Instead of just telling me what street I was to meet him on, he was like, we're going north of the building. Where's that is that? so annoying. Do you have to get and your compass like, out? Oh, my God. And I was like, where? Yeah. I don't have the compass on my phone. So. And I said to him, I was like, north? He's like, yeah, we're going north of the building. I was like, okay, well, I don't know my north and south. It's really I. embarrassing. I was like, can you just tell me the street? And the patronizing, friendly tone that I got from yeah. him in regards to almost trying to educate me. Like, if you don't know, you're 30 years old. If you don't know, that's not my... But was doing it all with a smile <laughs> over the phone. I'm like, stop being a fucking hunt. He's like, what? I was like... I love it. You're patronizing me, but you're also like, you know, I'm going to help you, but I'm going to, I'm like. Oh, no, I'm going to educate you so you can work it out. I'll give you the knowledge. Oh, my God. I'm like, so, he kind of hunty. mansplained yeah. north and south to you. And then you had to try to work it out. He still yes. didn't tell you where to go. No. Oh, my no. God. That's so And I still got lost. <laughs> still got lost. No, and then I've got another friend. He lives in Sydney now, but when he was in Melbourne, he was by far Melbourne's biggest cunt. <laughs> I loved him to bits. He moved up to um, Sydney to pursue his makeup artistry, mm. and I think he in Melbourne he was a big fish in a oh, small yeah. pond, or yeah, a big fish in a nice pond, a shark. He was a shark <laughs> in a pond, um, and then he got up to Sydney, and it was lots of sharks in the same pond, <laughs> and it's definitely softened him, so he's become more of a hunty. Cute, yeah. He's Still a honey, but yeah, good lord. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Taking to the podium now for our second word is Miss Leonard. <laughs> Darling, word of the gay spelling bee, our very first year. Second yep. word is realness. Okay. R-E-A-L-N-E-S-S. Realness. Correct. Yay! Now, if you wanted it in a sentence, which you didn't ask for it, but I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> she walked in and served Valley Girl realness with that blonde with. Well, I actually thought this had something to do with being too real or telling the hard truth. Right. Yeah. What is the actual meaning, though? Well, for once, you're incorrect, Lenny. <laughs> oh. Realness is the ability to embody an authentic, true version of something or someone. Yeah, to exhibit or serve realness is generally used when a queen blends or passes as the opposite sex. It's also a category at drag balls where costumes are expected to display appropriate realness. Obviously, the most obvious would be a celebrity impersonation or tribute. Mm. You know, the culture of drag balls take it very seriously, the respect of realness mm. and authenticity. Paris is Burning is, again, another documentary that we talk about a number yep. of times. We do love it. Yeah, and in Paris is Burning, they have a realness category, and a few of the queens in the documentary also give some like pretty good definitions about what it means. Absolutely. I mean, Dorian Corrie is quoted as saying, to be able to blend, that's what realness is. The idea of realness is to look as much like your straight counterpart as possible. And he's not just talking about blending your makeup. It's actually blending into a crowd. And it's also not just about I'm male and I want to look female. No. Like, and that opposite sex thing. It's like fitting into a category of, you know, boardroom realness. Like I'm going to look like a professional. And I'm going to have my briefcase and my suit and yes. slicked back hair. It was often to embody like a career that maybe they felt like they were never able to attain yep, or just yet yeah, to be seen in the world in a certain way because a lot of them were marginalised, people of colour coming from like very low socioeconomic backgrounds with like lack of support and lack yep. of education and all that I mean, sort of stuff. Yeah, and in terms of gender realness, like passing, someone for me at the moment who is serving up realness, like there is no tomorrow, no. Courtney Act on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, I haven't been watching Oh, my it. God. It's like she is heaven. I mean, she's a professional yeah. performer, of course, which I also think is slightly unfair for yes. the, the rest of the contestants. <laughs> yeah, because are they supposed to be like non, non people that are familiar? Non-dancers. Non <laughs> like, but yeah. Poor Denise Scott. I'm like, <laughs> she's up against Courtney here. He's like, but her movements, her makeup, her dress, the way she holds herself, yep. the realness. I'm almost forgetting that it's the very first same-sex couple on Dancing with the Stars yep. worldwide be performing and I feel like I'm looking at a man and yes, a woman. Yeah, I'm like, yep. yummy! <laughs> I mean, realness, even outside of drag, could be seen as, you know, even Michelle Williams as Marilyn Monroe in My Week with Marilyn. Yeah, it's just that, like, skill of embodying, embodying. a character. Yeah, Hell, even the cast of Cats, just fucking <laughs> dancing around stage, <laughs> meowing, <laughs> licking themselves. Yeah, that is some feline realness. <laughs> 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 just expanding on that more performative definition, Dorian Corey, quoted again, absolute legend, said that being undetectable when they can walk out of the ballroom into the sunlight onto the subway and get home until have their clothes on and no blood running from their bodies, that those are the femme realness queens. Mm -hmm. So it was not only in the ballroom, but in the outside world, yep. that sort of realness of passing as we would 
as blending we kind of call it, and blending into the crowd and sort of you know avoiding violence and feeling safe in the world is the kind of essence of of realness. That's yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, there are some fabulously hilarious examples yep. of realness descriptions that have come from Drag Race. One of my favorites was '60s Valley of the Dolls caftan realness. That's so good. <laughs> Mary J. Blige '90s realness. Anna Nicole Smith guess ad yes. 94 realness. That's a really good one. One that wasn't on it, but what I was doing on Saturday night was serving up Emma Bunton, What Took You So Long, Spice Girls realness <laughs> with my blue fur coat. Yes. <laughs> Great song. So good. And Drag Race has its probably most iconic challenge, which is called Snatch Game, which is where contestants try to achieve realness by impersonating celebrities. Yes. Yeah. My favourite was... There's some um, really good ones. Oh, my God, so good. My favourite was uh, Ben De La Creme in season six doing Maggie Smith from Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah, I have actually seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have something to reveal to you, Lenny. What? It's the only season I've ever watched. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> I've seen I more than you. You actually have mentioned that before, but I forgot. Off air. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen like a few more than that. There's a lot, really... There is a lot of real... There was a lot of realness in season six. Who would be in Snatch Game? Oh, God, who would I be? I'd probably say Marilyn Monroe. I can say that. (laughs) Or, you know, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In (laughs) Stepmum. And RuPaul also has an album, The Realness. The Realness. We can't, whenever we talk about drag, it always just comes back to RuPaul. (laughs) There's no escaping it. Sorry. (laughs) I appreciate him and I love him, but I'm just not into the show. Yeah. We are now at our final round. Brendy has been disqualified. <laughs> Lenny has hit the podium once again. Lenny, your final word is fish. Okay, I think I've got this one. Don't be so cocky. <laughs> F-I-S-H. Fish. This is correct. And now if you also had asked for it in a sentence, you would have got, oh girl, look, she's dealing fish over there in that vintage blue fur coat. So I knew straight away what this word was when I heard it. I heard it in a film called Tangerine. And when I found out what it was, I mean, when I knew what it was, I was yeah. very shocked. So if anyone hasn't caught on already, which they may not have from the context, um, the term is a belittling reference to the scent of a woman's vagina, colloquially likened to the smell of fish. I'm sure everyone's heard that. If they're a woman throughout their life. Gone to high school. Yes, exactly. Gone to (laughs) high school. The terms fishy and tuna are also used. Yes, but in the drag and trans world, it's therefore used to describe drag queens or trans women who look more naturally feminine. It could be seen as hunty or shade terms, but it's... Well, it's actually... Well, it's more it, of a positive It's a, definitely compliment. a positive, yeah. It's a positive towards the person that receives the compliment. Yes. But it's negative in the implications about women. So it's very similar to the discussion we were having about cunt. It all comes back to this idea that women are kind of gross and dirty and should be like ashamed or paranoid about their bodies and namely yep. their vagina, even when it's functioning normally and healthily. Like if your vagina smells like fish... It's not functioning healthy. You need, you know, to maybe go have a test or something. You probably have an STI yeah. or some sort of imbalance. Like, it's that is not how they smell. See a doctor, spray they, some Glen 20, yes, whatever. If they did smell <laughs> like that, people would not be having sex with them. No, so it's somehow, you know, like, it's like a high school boy. I mean, I'm sure adult men use it as well. It's a high school boy thing to say. Yep. But that sort of myth extended into 
advertising and kind of like stuff you'd buy at maybe like a chemist. So there's mm-hmm. been a lot of advertisement to women like Femfresh. use these. Yes, Femfresh yep. and Vagisil and use these hygienic wipes during the day and use like this soap. And I mean, the soap thing is one one thing for maintenance, but like the hygienic wipes, like you don't need to be constantly, like it's actually bad. I've gone into kind of yeah. like sexual health little session here, but it's actually bad to be constantly cleaning. You mm-hmm. know, vaginas are self-cleaning. So yeah, soap it's, on your hands constantly is bad. Yeah. Yes, this term is so problematic and I can understand that these things come about like the gay men that were using them weren't meaning to cause offence to women. Like it definitely comes from straight men, that sort of term, but it is problematic to still be used. And even Sharon Needles, who's a queen from Drag Race, Mm. a queen I actually quite liked. I'm nodding. Um, Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm familiar. (laughs) But when they were asked about the term, they basically said that it's complicated and we should just fix the shit around us before turning on our own phonetics. But that's just like basically saying we should only be focusing on our agenda and looking after gay men and not worrying about the implications on like women or any other sort of like marginalized or minority group. I was like, that's so problematic. It's an offensive word that another marginalized group were using about gay men. I'm sure they would have an issue and be like- Well, I mean, they have in the past, haven't they? Yes, of course. I think it needs to- it needs to die. Look, yeah, yeah, no, completely <laughs> but understand. But I know that it's very natural for people to say, but when you really think about it, like it, the implication is so bad for women. And oh. they've experienced so much body shaming already. And ultra-feminine drag isn't always the goal for drag. I mean, it's the traditional sense is to portray yourself as a woman. Yeah. However, drag's rebelled a little bit or, you know, gone in different directions yep. of being quite artistic, political, mm-hmm. creative. I mean, it's, yes. it's not just shock kind of factor. Oh my God, there's or... a guy up there being Adele or yep. being Marilyn yep. or you know, being Liza. And it's... doing your favourite lip sync and bad choreography. <laughs> <laughs> twirl here, twirl there. No, like it, it's getting it's getting incredibly creative. A, a number of different drag performances I've seen over the past few years, you know, they've got specific themes or they've got a hidden political message or they've pulled something out of pop culture or even just the news. And it's really quite interesting. And it's it's more performance art than yes, definitely. just seeing that showgirl. Especially since we now have... But like, I still love that showgirl. Yes, I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> especially since we have like bio queens. Yes. Drag kings too. I mean... Bearded drag. Yes, bearded drag. Anything goes. Like Cabri favourites. <laughs> <laughs> and Lenny, you know what this brings us to? Am I going to be crowned? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I did make you a crappy crown because oh, okay. I knew I would yeah. lose. <laughs> But that brings us to the end of our very first Word of the Gay Drag Vocab Spelling Bee. It's a long title, but it's oh, great. Lenny, well <laughs> done. Well done. There were some hard words yes. in there for you. Don't forget to follow the show at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We've been sharing a lot more on Instagram and we really like everyone's support on there. Feel free to like add comments and ask us questions or give us feedback about the episodes as well. So thanks so much for listening. And as always, bye! bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.